Good morning. This is where Pastor Guy would say, welcome. My name is Pastor Guy, and I am not, but I am so happy to be here today. We've got a pastor who needs our prayers and a lovely family that certainly could use them too. And as has been mentioned about 10.30 last night, he sent us a text and something just told me that he was sick. (laughs) Most of you know, this has been a bittersweet period in our life. My mother went to be with the Lord on Christmas Day this year. It was about a six-week journey. Went for a routine uh, cardiology appointment. Her heart was in AFib, and the perfect storm started. Six weeks later, she ceased to breathe. But what Sue and I witnessed in those six weeks was the most incredible journey of hope that we could ever imagine. And that's what I want to talk to you for just a few moments this morning from my heart about true hope. Is there hope? in the world that we live in? That's, a, that's an honest question, folks. It's one of the fundamental questions in life. Is life worth living? Is there hope? Can I count on anything in my life? It's asked every day by thousands of people for thousands of different reasons. When you're sitting in a doctor's office and you're awaiting the results of test, you hear that question, is there hope? When you're standing by the bedside in a hospital, is there hope? When a couple has put month after month into marriage counseling and they're, they're maybe not audibly saying it, but in their mind they're wondering, Is there hope? When you're dealing with a tax accountant in bankruptcy court, is there hope? And I think one of the ultimate times is when someone knocks on your door and says your child is missing. And you look at that officer and you say, is there hope? They say you can go 40 days without food, Susie probably would debate that with me. Three days without water. About eight minutes without air. But I am under the impression, you and I, we cannot go a single second without hope. Hope is truly an essential ingredient in life. And folks, we need hope to cope in this journey called life. So where do you go? Where do you go to find hope? You have to have hope to believe that God can work in your life. You need hope to believe that God can change some of the situations that we encounter in life. You have to have hope. Because hope is in such short supply today, our culture, our society... 
our world is placing their hope in all kinds of false hope. Things like psychic hotlines and palm readers and astrology, fake healers, quack cures, all kinds of crazy places that people They're placing their hope. And the reality is, ultimately, they're very disappointed because there's nothing more disappointing than realizing your hope has been placed in false hope. The Bible tells us clearly that you and I, we find real hope in God. God's the source, folks. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of all hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you put your faith in God. And he gives you peace and joy and hope. He says in Psalm 52.9, some of you that are note takers can jot some of these scriptures down. There are great passages on hope. Psalm 52.9, I will praise you forever for what you have done. In your name I have hope. Let me read that again. In your name, I have hope. For your name is good. I will praise you in the presence of your saints. Specifically, God is saying here, if you want to put your hope in me, you need to put it in my name. In your name, I will hope your name is good. What does that mean? I mean, truly, what does that mean? How do you put hope in a name? What's that all about? What's the big deal? You need to understand that back in the Bible days, names were chosen for a much different reason than we choose them for today. Today we choose names because they're maybe popular, they sound good, they kind of roll off our tongue easy. You just like the name. But in the ancient days, in the Bible days, they chose a name because of what it meant, because of what it described. In fact, your name was usually connected to your character. You were given a name that matched who you were. It's interesting, the Bible is full of names that God addressed himself as. Ashley Franklin Graham came out with a book, it's probably, seems like yesterday, it was probably 10 years ago, on the names of God. All through the Bible, In Ezekiel, at the very end, he calls himself Jehovah 
Shema. I am Jehovah Shema. That is Hebrew for I am the God who's always there. Always there. There's no place that God is not. And it doesn't matter where you go sometimes to escape God. He's always there before you get there. God has been in your past. He's in your present. And he has your future in the palm of his hand. He's in the good times, and he's in the times, folks, that aren't so good. He's in the good places, and he's even in the places that are not so good. He's everywhere. Give you a a, a key statement. This has profound implications on where you find hope. Real hope. You see, if God is truly with me all the time, whether I feel it or I don't feel it, if he's truly with me, then that means there are some sources of hope that I carry with me, I can count on. There's a lot of things in life that I can't count on. A lot of things in life that are uncertain. And I'm sure you're tracking with me this morning on that. I'd like to give you some foundational anchors, three anchors. Anchors of the soul that have to do with hope. Things that you and I, we can count on no matter what happens in the world around us. I know that life is not hopeless. Jehovah Shema. I am the God who is always there. And because God is always there, some of you taking notes, point number one, God is always there in our lives, and that's important for us to understand. He's always there. His presence is watching over us all through this pilgrimage called life. That's the first thing I wanted to share with you. As I get older, I'm realizing there's so much of my life that's out of my control. But I'm also realizing the older I get, there's so much of my future I don't know. I don't have a clue. The truth is, I have no control over what tomorrow brings or what my future holds. Isaiah 41.10 Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up in my victorious right hand. The good news is, whatever happens in your life, you and I, we don't have to go through it alone. We have a God that has promised to take this journey with us. A God of hope. 
And there are a lot of uncertainties in life. One of the sad uncertainties in life is that people leave us. And they leave us for a variety of reasons. Friends and family, they move away. We have a son in Nashville, Tennessee area, and we're planning a trip. We want to go down and spend Easter with Ryan and Liz. I grieved that loss when he moved out of the area. We have people that we love that pass away. And there's an emptiness inside of us. Sometimes people become so ill that they're not who they used to be. And it inflicts pain. And sometimes we argue with people to the point that relationships are severed. And that brings an incredible intense pain when relationships fracture. The sad truth of life is people leave us. But hear me. God will never leave you. God will never leave me. He never leaves his people. As a pastor, I've stood by countless grave sites. And after the service is over, I've looked into the eyes and I've heard the words. Words of pain. Words that convey, I don't know if I can go on from here. I don't know if I have the power to see the next step that I need to take. I've heard oftentimes this sense of doubt. What if? What if I would have done this? What if I would have listened to what was being said? And we play that game. Can you imagine the pain that's inflicted when a spouse is left alone? for reasons that were not their own. How about when someone loses a job? A parent, as I said earlier, who has lost a child. I can't even fathom that. And that feeling of how in the world am I going to go on from here? Maybe some of you are feeling that way this morning. What's the answer? Jehovah Shema. I am the God who is with you. Always, always with you. God will be with you. And not only is he with you, the Bible says he cares for you. He doesn't just watch over us. He interacts with our life. Because he cares for us. He loves us. Psalm 32, 8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you, and I will watch over you. See, you and I, we don't know the future. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And we can't control that future 
But God knows the future. He knows what tomorrow may hold for you and I. And God can control that future. God knows. And he can control and he's willing to look over us. To care for us and direct our pilgrimage called life. There's great hope in that, folks. There's great hope in that regardless of what's going on around you. For many of us, when we can't figure out why something is going on around us, there's a feeling hopelessness that sets in. It's just a normal reaction. If we can figure it out and, and we can see a little bit there, then there's some hope there. But what do you do when you can't figure it out? And things happen in your life and there's no rhyme or reason for it. It just doesn't make sense. God knows and God understands and he's willing to guide and advise you through this journey. One of the verses that Sue and I, it's actually the first verse that we share with our hospice patients. It's one of our favorites. It's in the book of Lamentations. I've shared it before with many of you. The book of Lamentations comes from the root word to lament. And you know what that means? To bellyache, to complain. It's a book of complaining, bellyaching. But in the midst of chapter 3, there's an incredible verse of hope. Beginning at verse 21, it says, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. So he's going to give us something that you and I can find hope in, even in the midst of the storm. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. Verse 22, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is thy faithfulness. That's where we get that beautiful heritage hymn from. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And I got to tell you, folks, there are times in my life, the strength that he gave me yesterday isn't enough to see me through what I've encountered today. But this verse promises it's fresh every day. He knows and he cares and he's there. The second source of hope that I wanted to share is his purpose is working in me. This was a tough one for me. No matter what's happening around me, God is working in me. Why is this happening to me? When the problem is there, and it, it, it's maybe a freak accident or, or something that we don't deserve and didn't cause, but nonetheless, it's there. And it's in our life. It doesn't make sense. Those are the kind of situations that I think are the most difficult. God says, I'm working in you. And I have a purpose 
for your life. God's doing good things in our life even when it's not pretty out here. Most of you know how much my wife and I are in love with our six-year-old granddaughter. There's a lot to that story. Our daughter was diagnosed at age 20 with a serious cancer that could have very easily taken her life. When I look into the eyes of Everly, I can't help but thank God for the hope that he brings to us through that little granddaughter. I remember going to my daughter as a pastor and saying, Honey, if I could take that cancer out of your body and put it in mine, I would do that. And do you know what she looked me in the eye and said, Daddy, I'm okay with it. If I die, I know where I'm going. But I've got friends that if they died with this cancer, I don't know that they would go to heaven. Hope, folks, in the midst of the storm. Life is an incredible journey. And we can bump into some really big stuff on it. This is another verse that helped us through our daughter's cancer. If you're here facing some adversity in your life today, that's a good verse for you. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. We were sharing, Sue and I, visiting with a patient who's a wonderful Christian this past week, and we shared our life verses, mine being Colossians 2.7. This is the verse Susie shared with that patient. Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Sometimes in life we look at what's going on around us and we wonder what God is doing in our life. My plans are good. Sometimes we just don't see the plan. I can remember going to God and saying, my daughter wouldn't hurt anyone. She leads a Bible study at college. What's going on? And I wanted him to change all this stuff around him. I wanted him to heal her. But you know where God's work needed to happen? Here. In me. And he worked me through some stuff. Sometimes in the midst of the storm, it's you and I that need the grace of God to invade our lives and to get us reliant on him because he knows and he cares. The third thing, the third source of hope, God's place is waiting for us. 
God's place is waiting. And when things get unbearable here in your life, remember this is not the ultimate hope. The ultimate hope for God's children is on the other side in heaven. About four days before my mom passed, Sue and I, we were with her and she looked at me and Susie and she said, I know I'm not going to survive this. And she said, I would just like to go be with your dad for Christmas. And she died Christmas Day. She raised five of us. We all serve the Lord. And the five of us could not have been happier that she passed on Christmas Day. And what we saw, all of us, at the end of her life was a hope. A hope in the future that God had prepared for her. An unbelievable journey of hope. Paul says it like this. If all we have to hope for is just on this earth, we're to be pitied. We live our whole life to spend eternity in heaven forever. That's our ultimate destination. And when life gets unbearable here, that's the hope we have. We watched it get unbearable for my dad three years ago and my mother just six weeks ago. But that didn't make them lose their hope because they had the hope that what God had waiting for them, that's forever, folks. And life here is so temporary. So temporary. Notice what Jesus says in John 14, 1 and 2. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust God and trust also in me. There are many, there are more than enough rooms in my father's home if this were not so what I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. This is a very significant point in our journey called life. And if I didn't believe what I'm going to tell you with all of my heart, I would never do what I do in end-of-life ministry. Jesus Christ clearly says that heaven is a place. It's real, folks. It's not some dream that we have. It's not some kind of state of mind that we enter into. It's not fantasy. It's not some kind of nothingness. It's real. It's a real place that he went to prepare for you and I. What do you think heaven will be like? 1 Peter 1 four through six, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. And I love verse 6. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. 
even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. Amen. No fear, no pain, no sorrow, no conflict, no more problems. The Bible says in Revelation 21.4, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. I love that word forever. I think the older I get, the more I'm looking forward to forever. That gives us reason to hope. But it all begins with salvation. Inviting Jesus Christ into your heart of hearts. I am so thankful that my mother and father both invited Jesus Christ into their hearts. And raised us in Christian homes. So that we have the hope, not only that he's journeying with us now, but he has our tomorrow all taken care of. And when you get into that kind of relationship with God, truly you know that God is watching out for you. That he has a purpose that's working in you even in the midst of the storms of life. And he has a place waiting for you. That's forever. And you have hope when this happens. I want to close with Isaiah 40, 31, a very familiar scripture. But those who trust or hope in the Lord will find new strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And if you don't hear anything else I say this morning, we serve a God of hope. And no matter where you're at in life, there's hope. We're going to open the altars. Worship team, you can come up. If you've never invited Christ into your heart, I just encourage you. That's where you'll find the hope that you truly need in life. Maybe you have and you're going through some stuff. And you just need to talk to him this morning. The altars are open.